Welcome to Pastor Standing Firm Podcast. I am Pastor Brian Bauer, and I, with me is Pastor Jeremiah Stingle. We are talking about pastors taking a stand on biblical truth and issues in a dissolving world. Today's episode, I'm so excited about having Pastor Steve Smotherman from Legacy Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Pastor Steve uh, is a, uh, a very inspirational figure to so many spiritual leaders because of what his church is standing for in these times and how passionate they are in doing it. He speaks truth, and I don't really want to take any more time I want to jump directly into our conversation with Pastor Steve Smotherman. Let's Let's get it. Hey, Pastor Steve, it is great to have you on the Pastors Standing Firm podcast. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great, and I appreciate you having me. This is awesome. Well, I want our listening audience to kind of get to know you a little bit, and I know all the answers to these, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, are you married? How many years? You have kids, grandkids? How'd you get in the ministry? Just kind of just introduce us to Pastor Steve Smotherman. Yeah, I've been married for 36 years. I have three children, eight grandchildren, um, and uh, man, I've, I've, I've had a good ride with all this, and um, and I got in the ministry when I, I got saved. I ended up in Bible school. And then after that, I went to work for UPS for 10 and a half years. And then I officiated basketball, football, and fast pitch softball. So uh, I did that for some of those things for 20 years, 21 years. And I uh, finally took a church, quit UPS, took a church in Roswell, America. I say Roswell, America, because it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. And, <laughs> And so, and then 20 years ago today, I was installed as the pastor of Legacy Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I'm at right now. Wow. 20 years today. That's amazing. This is being recorded on January the 6th, 2022. And so that gives you a reference for where that is. So that's very cool. And uh, kind of tell us a little bit about the church and what's happening right now, what you, what you see the Holy Spirit up to. Um, you know what, man? Our church has done really well through all this um, craziness the last 21 months. Um, I have a great church. And, and just to give you a little history, we uh, back in 2016 when Trump became president, I really didn't say a whole lot from the pulpit, but I emceed his event when he came here to Albuquerque. And if people listening remember, uh, even like Fox News and some of the news stations said it looked like a third world country here with all the rioting after his, uh, he came here. And uh, so I hosted that. I emceed the beginning of it. And uh, it created a lot of conflict. And so, you know, a week or two right after uh, he won, when everybody thought Hillary was going to win, we lost about 4,000 people. We lost 1,566 families that left overnight. Wow. And uh, it's the first time we've been down, first time our finances have taken a little hit. And within four or five months, we—, we we gained it all back. And now we have a church that actually is together. You know, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? And so it was, it was hurtful at the time, but man, I look back and it was probably one of the greatest things ever happened that, you know, either people are with you or they're not. And it's kind of hard to navigate a a congregation in a church when you're always wondering what you can and cannot say. Mm. And um, so our church right now is doing the best it's ever done in the history of this church. So I took over from a guy that was here 21 years, and now I've been here 20 years. And um, 
And so it's the best that's ever done in the history of the church, man. We, we're seeing people get saved every service. We're seeing people get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we believe in all those things, but we're not, we're not crazy with them. You know, we're, we're very, we do these things decently in order. And, and God has really been gracious and kind to us. Wow. wow. Pastor Steve, how has the last two years been different as a pastor, as a church? What, what has changed and what do you think will go back and what will remain the same and how do you navigate it? Well, I, I think what we noticed in the last 21 months, uh, almost two years, is that we really took the temperature of the church, and that's the way I, I always explain it or I've explained it. We took the temperature of the church, and the church as a whole, in my opinion, has faltered. We, we, we submitted to things that I don't think we should have ever submitted to, and I did it for a few weeks. I, you know, we did close our, down, our church down for four, mm-hmm. four or five weeks, I think it was, and but we were never closed. We always had people showing up. But um, and I regret that to this day. I if I had to do it all again, I would not shut down. And it was because the president asked us to. And um, and so the last 21 months has just been. We've been in fight or flight mode the whole time. It's been probably some of the hardest uh, moments of my ministry. Uh, what you know, as pastor of, of the church that I've I've had because you just never knew what was going to happen. We've been threatened. We've been fined. Um, and, and so it, it, you know, when you're in constant fight or flight mode, you get tired, uh, you know, it just seems like, what are we doing? Uh, you know, and then, and then, you, you know, so it's just, it's just been a fight and, and we, we live in, I live in New Mexico and it's one of the most, uh, uh at one time it was voted the most locked down state in all of America. Wow. Uh, I think by the New York times. And, um, and so we, we, we continue to be kind of locked down. There's, there's always mandates. And, um, and so, you know, our governor and the political, you know, people, they attacked our church. They tried to get us to close down. They threatened us. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and so that, that brings a lot of stress, you know, this, you never know what's going to happen. I, I just never knew. And I had attorneys, you know, from Liberty Council working with us. Um, I just never knew if they were going to walk in and try to arrest me and uh, because they threatened to. And, and I just said, well, if that's what happens. That's what happens. I remember telling my wife, I said, Sissy, you know, we, when we fight back, we could lose everything. We could lose it all. And I remember, when, I'll never forget, she looked at me. She goes, well, if that's what it takes to do the right thing, then that's what it's going to happen. Man. And thank God that didn't happen. I'm pretty happy it didn't. I didn't want to be a <laughs> martyr. But, but, you know, so it's been tough. And, and, and I know it's been hard on on pastors across the nation, you know, because here's the deal. We can't go back and ask somebody, hey, what did you do when this happened to you? This was brand new to the church. Yeah. There was no, no, there was no one to ask. There was no one to look back to. There was no history because we've never been persecuted. The church of the Lord Jesus in America has never been persecuted like it has the last 21 months. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, it's been hard on pastors. So I have a big heart for pastors, you know, that, deal with boards and deal with a little different, you know, uh, government than I do. Um, and, and so it's just been, it's been tough. Yeah, it has been. And you've been really inspirational to, to me. Uh, I got to witness, you know, one of your, or actually two of your midweek services when I got to visit, uh, not too long ago and to see the unity that your church has around God's word, the moving of the Holy Spirit, 
in the midst of all of the things, I mean, you you, you had a, an, a statement where you were you were saying, hey, we're not going to pay the fines that we've been issued uh, from the governor of New Mexico. We're just not going to pay those fines because they're unconstitutional. And you had a, a room full of people just roar to that. And at the same time, you have the gospel message as central. You're not getting off track with political things. And I mean, you're saying, hey, we've got to be the church. So how are you able to balance or merge those two worlds of political environment that seems to be just shoved in our face 24-7 and at the same time say, church, we are we are not a political entity. We are a spiritual entity. How, how are you able to balance all that? Well, you know, one thing I told my church even last night was that I've never changed. I've been the same since I, I got here. What's happened is people have changed and society has changed. And, and the way I do it is that I'm not afraid to speak to the cultural issues that we deal with. And, and you know, I tell the church people criticize me all the time and they say, well, you know, you're, you're just so political. So so now what they're saying is everything has become political. So yep. if I talk about abortion, that's political. If I talk about homosexuality, that's political. If I talk about, you know, um, the redistribution of wealth, that's political. If I talk, if, it doesn't matter what I talk about. They always label it political when it used to be biblical Ooh. and um, our biblical principles that we deal yeah. with, you know, and, and so, you know, the way I do it is I just keep the word in front. The word is first. Um, and, you know, and I'll tell people, this is my opinion versus this is what the Bible says. And I think we do that because we still have a heart for the lost. You know, every service I do a, a, a an invitation to get born again, to get rededicated, and, and so we keep the main thing, the main thing. But in, in, in that, though, we speak to the issues of the day. And the church is the moral compass of this world. Say yeah. it. Say it. Come on. And, and so if we're, if, when we cease to be the moral compass, um, when we cease to speak to these issues, then what has happened will continue to happen. Yeah. You know, if this, if this pandemic or so-called pandemic would have happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they would have never came after the church because they still feared the church. But because the church is trying to be liked more than trying to be right or biblical, um, the, we found that the, 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 the politicians, they don't fear, the, the authorities don't fear the church anymore. So it was easy to say, you need to shut down or else. And, and the, 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 one, the guys that really stood up and said, no, we're not going to do it. Every one of them, I know their churches grew through this. Mm-hmm. And, and we, and so it's, a, it's just a constant fight. So the way we keep it balanced is that the Bible's still the Bible. Yeah. And so we just teach from the scriptures. We'll teach, you know, I may say a few things, but we'll teach on forgiveness or whatever the, the subject is. And, you know, last night I, I taught a message on that basically I titled, the, the, you know, we're building the church that Jesus would attend. Yeah. And, and what does that look like? And, and mm. I talked about we got to go preach the gospel to people. We've got to make disciples. In other words, we can't be bought into the rhetoric of the, of the world. And where the world has said, and even some preachers, I guess, in the past have said, you know, just be a living example to the lost. Well, that's not how the lost gets saved. In fact, when you go through the scriptures, the only time I've found, and I could be corrected, that where it talked about being an example was being an example to the flock. Oh, that's good. To other believers. But to the world, Jesus said, we got to preach the truth because that's the only way faith comes. And then we got to make disciples. And you're not going to make, you know, I've, I've lived in my home for 20 years. And my neighbors are great neighbors. I know them all. They're good people. 
and uh, but most of them are saved people. And you know, I've never had one of them come knock on my door and say, "Hey, you know, Steve, we we've watched how you and your wife have lived for the last twenty years. I think we're ready to get saved." Yeah, <laughs> not one time. And so, what the church is, needs to come back to is that we can't be silent any longer. And what's happened is because we've been told all these years, man, if you preach too much to them, it'll turn them off. It'll offend them. Well, that's not our business. Our business is to do what Jesus's last words were. You know, he did three commissions um, at three different times. The one in Mark and Matthew. Uh, the first one was Mark was the first time he gave a great commission. Several weeks later it was Matthew. And then at the end, before he ascended, it was the day of Pentecost when he told him to get filled with the Holy Spirit and in Acts one. And so, and, and we all kind of see him as one, but the first one, and Mark says, preach the gospel and get people saved, right? Yeah. The second yeah. one is go make disciples. Mm. Well, you, no one can have faith unless we speak, speak the word to him. So if, if, if I'm telling people about the Lord, and I'm not talking about screaming at him or yelling at him or telling them, you know, turn or burn, that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about telling what God did in my life and, and how you need to be born again. And there is a heaven and a hell. If we do that, then they have something in the in the darkest moments of their life, something God, God is able to use because we put the word in them, the seed. He's able to use that to help them to remind them that there is a God. But silence is what we've done. We believe that if we tell people about Jesus, we're offending them. And that's not my bit. They get offended. They're, they're going to get offended anyway. It, it, it's not me they're getting offended at. It's God's word. And, and so it was easy for the church to shut down, close down, and be silent when all this happened because we've been told to be quiet for, for many, many years. And so now we're telling our church, listen, it's time for us to go tell our friends and our family who Jesus is. And because faith only comes by hearing. It doesn't come by me just living. Because most of the people in the world would just say that that's a good guy or you know, that they're good people. They, they, they don't sit around talking or thinking about God like we think they do. So we have to help them think about God. And so that's how we've done it. Mm. Pastor Steve, as we're walking through these days, you're obviously prepared for this moment and you've prepared and, and you're, you're being who God's called you to be, but you're confronting, we're confronting almost feels like daily now, just new deceptions and a twisting of the gospel. Um, things that culture is trying to co-opt from, uh, from Christ. And a lot of the church is going along with it. A lot of the church is saying, yes, we're good with that. Uh, that's fine. How do you prepare and address those issues of deception that have crept themselves into the church to be the pastor and the people of God we're supposed to be? Well, one thing that about me is I've, you know, and I've gotten to meet a lot of different people and, and people that, you know, people look up to and, and, and it's not that I don't look up to them, but they, they're not my God. God is my God. Yeah, and, yeah. And good. I and I don't I don't claim to be the smartest or the wisest, so I don't know everything. So I, I want to say that to all your listeners. But but I do know that um, I think through things. And for instance, I did a message on social justice, and 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 it's a you know key word now. It's a popular term in the churches. But but God God is a just God, which means He doesn't favor the rich over the poor. He doesn't favor the weak over the strong, that he, he gives you what you do. And anytime you put it, for instance, as I'm giving you an example, but anytime you put a word before justice, it's no longer justice because it favors someone over Ooh, someone else. That's good. Wow. And so, so I just think through this and then I read, I just read different things. And, 
And so I did a message that, folks, this idea of social justice is not God's justice because it begins to favor groups over other groups. God's a just God, and he doesn't favor anybody over anybody else. You get what you do, good or bad, you'll get what you do. And so I just address them from a biblical standpoint and then just say, you make up your own mind. If you want to listen to all that stuff, fine, but it's not biblical. It's not a biblical term. And the media is so good at indoctrinating us, inundating us with their message that we just think it's the right thing to do, but it's really not. It's not a healthy thing for the church. Again, I'm going to say this. The church is the moral compass of this world. The church is the place people come to to learn what's right and wrong. And if we're just agreeing with the world, then we've missed God. We've missed it. And we're going to be held accountable for that. And so I address the issues of the day, the, all those catchphrases, all the popular terms. And, and I just say, guys, it's, it's, not, it's, not rea- it's, not what, it's not biblical what they're saying. And, and, you know, is there prejudice in the world? Yes. Is there racism? Yes. But it's never going to stop. We're never going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We can just make sure we aren't. And, and so, you know, it's like, well, we're going to end it. You're never going to end it. And, then, and then, then when you believe in some of this stuff, then it becomes you favor this group over this group, and that's racism. And, and so we, we can't win that argument, so I don't fight that argument. I just come from a standpoint, what does the Bible say about God being a just God? And he is justice. He doesn't have justice. He is justice. Mm-hmm. And that means he just doesn't favor one group over another. If you do the word of God, he'll bless you. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. If you act on his promises, he'll bless you. And, and that's, that's, that's the way we attack it or approach it, if you would. It's just from a biblical standpoint. And then I just say, there it is. You guys decide for yourself. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, as you're speaking the word, you're, you're, you're diving into these things that culture is screaming at your people. And then when you come in once a week or twice a week, if you're lucky, you know, you're interjecting, hey, this is what God says about it. It's like, well, wait a minute. I've been listening to this nonstop cycle of news this whole time, and they've been telling me this right here. One of the things I got most frustrated about with this thing is that this, this, this woke gospel, this woke idea that's out there right now, it says that, that people of color are oppressed. They're always going to be oppressed and there's nothing we could do about it. the system is oppressing them. And I have such a hard time as a pastor getting up and telling people you're oppressed when the scripture says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So, how do you how do you how do you figure out how to get the word into people when you sometimes only have them for you know, a 30 minute message, a 35 minute message, and that's the only time that they're going to hear anything contrary to everything that the world is screaming at them. I mean, how are you able to effectively use the sword of the Spirit in those moments to to pierce through some of those things and say, this is the truth, this is true? Well, first of all, I do it unashamedly. Um, I don't ever apologize for the Scripture. Amen. If our bathrooms are dirty, I'll apologize for that. (laughs) But I will never apologize for God's Word, never. I won't be apologetic ever. And the second thing is I'm just very consistent. I, I'm not tossed by every wind of doctrine that's out there. It's, this is the word. And so when I said earlier that I've not changed, I'm the same as I was 20 years ago or five years ago or three years ago or two years ago. I'm the same person. And so, you know, I just don't change. I just, it's like the word is the word is the word. So every time people come here, they hear this is the word of God. This is you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This is 
the, the Word of God is eternal. It's never going to stop being the Word of God. He spoke it. It's life. And so that, that kind of resonates through almost any message I teach. And so when I say to people, listen, I'm going to deal with the subject today that you've listened to and the media has told you what it means. I said, but here's the problem. We, we're not going to get faith from the media. We're not going to get faith from Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil or whoever. We're only going to get faith from the Word of God. So today I'm going to approach it from the Word standpoint. And, and, and that's why I do it. And, that, and I, I'll just continue to do that. It doesn't mean everybody likes it. It doesn't mean people, some people don't leave. But if they leave, they're not with me anyway. And if they get offended at the word, you know, one of my scriptures I think about quite a bit is Psalms 119, 165 that says, to those who love thy law, nothing shall offend them. And so I tell them, I say, guys, if you're getting offended over the word of God, it's because you don't love it. Wow. Wow. It's not, you know, I even saw last night where Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. Just the fact that he says, my sheep, says there's his sheep and false sheep. Yeah. And, and the false sheep are the ones that get offended all the time. They're critical of the church. They're always having an issue with the church. But his sheep, they, they know the church is not perfect, but if they have an issue, they ask a question. They, they don't, they're not critical all the time. And so just being consistent with the message that, hey, this is a place where we're going to believe the Word of God and we're going to keep teaching it. And, and it doesn't matter what's popular out there. So I've never been a a person that's following the trends of the church. Uh, I remember talking to Pastor Willie George, who's been my pastor for over 30 years. One time we were talking when I was in Roswell, and we were just having a discussion about altar calls and things like that. And then it was getting popular to get away from them. And, um, and, and I was like, Pastor George, I don't care if everybody gets away from them. I'm always going to do one because I don't do it because I, it's popular or not popular. I do it because I believe it's right. And and so, and then people say, well, what if you haven't had anybody raise their hand? Well, that's okay. It's, I'm still giving the Spirit of God an opportunity to deal with people's hearts and minds. No one's raised their hand. That's not on me. I don't, it doesn't bother me a bit. I mean, I, I prefer people raising their hand and get right with God. But if they don't, I just move on. In the next service, I do the same thing. And so it's 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 not being caught up with every wind of doctrine or the the popular message at the time. And so what's happened is, is pastors have just followed other people and it's okay. And, and a lot of people have some good ideas, but just because it's a good idea doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it. And just because it's a good idea doesn't mean I have faith for it. And so what does the Bible say? Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. So anything we do here at Legacy is because I have real faith for it. I believe in it. Not just because it's a good idea, because I won't just do good ideas. Um, I'll make sure I believe in it because if I don't, it'll... It'll wane. It'll fall off. We won't spend too much attention. And so we, we get in a habit of starting and stopping things, and people stop believing us. And so I only do things I really believe in. But this popular notion that's out there, this woke gospel, um, it's just popular. It's trendy. We need to be friends with the world. Listen, I, I, I'm supposed to be a friend of God, which means I'm going to be an enemy to the world. And the, world, the world's going to hate me because it hated Jesus first. And as soon as we get that in our hearts and minds, it'll be easier for us to just preach the gospel the way God wants us to. Yeah, that is so good. Pastor Steve, we, um, you know, obviously we're both in Chicagoland and, and I've lived in the South and Jeremiah's originally from the South and it feels like the further North you go, the more woke you get. That's what it feels. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I haven't done the homework. It might be the further West you get too, but 
as we're facing that, like we deal with pastors all the time and leaders who we're really dealing with that dichotomy. If you get those pastors who are like, oh, preach the word, stand on the word. And then a lot of other pastors like, nope, you should be silent all, all this stuff. You're, you're being political. And, and then you, you feel that pushback. Like, no, I'm not being political. I'm being biblical. It's, I haven't run in on politics. Politics is running on the word. And so I guess my question to you is what advice do you give to pastors and leaders in this time to live out in these days, the word, what advice, what charge would you say, you know, do this? Well, <clears throat> I'm very careful to, to tell people what to do. If they ask me, though, I would say, listen, you have to make a decision. Are you going to fear God or fear man? And I think pastors in our culture today need to get delivered from the fear of man. Yes. Because if you fear man, you won't, you won't, you won't do what you just said. You won't, you won't preach the gospel. You'll, you'll, you'll get caught up with what the world says. And listen, we're never to listen to the world with the, about what the Bible teaches us. They don't even know it. In fact, the Bible's not even written to the lost. It's written to the saved. Yeah. And so, um, and so we have to get to a point where we, we, we quit talking the rhetoric of the world. Well, you know, that church is so political. Yeah, because I'm dealing with the issues of the day, like social justice. That's a political hot button. No, it's not. God is the God of justice. Amen. He is just. He is just. And so I can't speak on the justice of God because it deals with, quote, unquote, the political rhetoric of social justice. And so I, what I encourage pastors to do is say, listen, you got to decide if this is a vocation or a calling. And if it's a vocation, then you know what? Don't be critical of everybody else because for some people it's a calling. It, they really believe in this, and they really believe in helping people, and they want people to know the truth. The media and the world does not have the truth. God's word has the truth. And so I just encourage them and to, to just rethink what they're doing and rethink what they're saying. Because if you're just going to repeat to me the rhetoric of, of the media and the political left and, and or political right, I think they're both kind of off. And if you're going to just regurgitate all that, then we can't have a discussion because if the Bible doesn't solve all of our issues, if it's not the final say, Okay, you have an opinion, I have an opinion, but what does the Bible say? And if we don't have that, then we're not even on the same page. And so a lot of guys, they, they, they want to be liked, and I tell people, I'd rather be respected than liked. You may not like me, but you will respect my stand. And, uh, and, and, and that's where we got to get delivered from, from this woke likeness thing. Well, you know, we got to be like the world to reach the world. No, we don't. I don't have to be like the world to ever reach the world. Jesus was never like the world. And his disciples, they changed, and they, they changed the whole world. I don't have to be like someone to reach them. I just have to tell them the truth and be willing to watch them get mad or upset or offended. Like, okay, now what are you going to do with the truth? You still have to deal with it. And until we get delivered from the fear of man, we can never really walk in the fear of God. Pastor Steve, those words right there, if we could just take that to heart, we could see a nation and a world transform because we are unwilling to conform to this pattern that's happening around us right now that we can see in every area of life. I love what you said because that's the gospel message. When we confront worldly ideas with the gospel truth, then we can see people come to a place where they can be born again. 
where they can truly have a life-changing experience with Jesus. I've been telling our young people, I had a special meeting with our teenagers just to talk about some of the issues that they're facing today. And I said, look, Jesus is the answer. The world's saying that all of these other things are the answer when Jesus is the answer. And if we start filling all of the needs that the world has with all of these counter-visy substitutes, then we're missing out on the opportunity to give an altar call right there in our school and to say, hey, do you want to come to Jesus? Because the very problems that you're marching and protesting about is the very thing that Jesus died so that it could come to an end in your life and that you could experience his life forever. And I think that that's the message that we got to get out. I have been so encouraged today. I know that me and Brian are just going to walk away from this, just really Mm -hmm. chewing on some of this content. So thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Pastors Standing Firm podcast. We look forward every time that we get to hear from a voice like yours. So thank you so much. And we will hopefully be able to hear from you again someday. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Well, you know, Jeremiah and Brian, it's an honor. And man, I'm so proud to be a part of this. And I'm so, and I don't mean this condescending. I mean this from my heart. I'm so proud that you guys uh, are are taking your stand and you're pushing back and you're, you're holding true to the, to the word of God. And I, I, I want to tell you, man, I, I, I pray that God blesses you guys, blesses your work, uh, blesses your churches. Um, and he adds to the church daily those that would be saved, and uh, or those that saved he adds to the church. And and what you're doing, I, I believe, is so needed and necessary. In fact, I'm going to teach at a conference at Dream City uh, Conference in Phoenix in February, and the whole theme is stand. You got to mm. stand. And so my whole message is is going to be geared to encouraging pastors to take a stand. Awesome. And here's what we know. If we do what God wants us to do, he'll bless us. We think we're going to lose, but we'll win. And we'll be free to just be who God wants us to be. It's, 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 It's just so hard to be a preacher today or a pastor and be fearful of what everybody else is going to think. Or is this person going to leave if I say that? And is that person going to leave if I say that? That's bondage. God wants to free us. And the only way to get free is to take a stand. So thank you for your podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very grateful. Oh, man. Dream City Conference, that sounds like a really great place to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll even be able to make it out there to see you in Phoenix. Once again, Pastor Steve, thanks so much. We love you. God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Bless you. Thank you for having me. Man, what a phenomenal that was interview amazing. with Pastor Steve. I mean, just dropping nuggets of wisdom. I'm ready. Man, I'm ready to preach like right now. I'm ready to tackle. I'm ready to grab some people in their seats and get them double saved and dunk them if they don't want it. It's, that was awesome. Some of my favorite things he said, he says, number, he said, number one, you got to be unashamed. Number two, you got to be consistent. And it reminds me of Daniel. You know, Daniel, he just did what he did every day. And they said, yeah. we can't bring a charge against him unless we charge him against the law of his God. Yeah. That's yeah. what they said about him. He also said that pastors have followed other people. And that's how we've so gotten to phenomenal. where we are, to where we're lukewarm, we're not preaching the truth, we're Absolutely. not confronting culture. It's because we've just followed these people and said, well, they said this this conference, and this book said this, and oh, the other day on Twitter they said that, and I was watching their message from Sunday, and it's like, have you gotten with God recently? Have you right. studied the Word? Right, amen. And we've seen that, right? We've watched that happen to us over the last 20 years or so of ministry, because, you know, I'll give you an example, a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours who will be on a podcast down the road, Pastor Gary Grogan says, pastors have made an idol out of leadership, mm. right? What we've taken 
great men of God and sages like a John Maxwell, but we put him on par with the word of God. Like, and, and, and man, we should listen to John Maxwell and everything he has to say and read all his books. He's phenomenal. But at the same time, he's not Jesus. He's, he's not, not the, the word. word, you know, and, and, but we've done that. We've, we've upended a leadership principle for what a biblical doctrine. Yeah. You know, what we, a great conversation. That was so good. One last thing. He said, if you love the word of God, you won't be offended by it. Oh, take that to the bank right there. That is the good stuff. This mic wasn't on a boom stand. I'd drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so good. So until next time, pastors, thank you so much for listening and everybody else and all leaders. And as always, when you've done all you know to do to stand, stand.